It is Friday, April 14th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Rays tie a major league record with their 13th straight win to start the year. And the NBA playoffs get their final two teams tonight. Here comes the Vegas Truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Tampa Bay wins again. Ho-hum, yawn, yawn. The NHL regular season comes to a close. The Anaheim Ducks looking like they won the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And the final non-playoff games happen in the NBA tonight. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Let's talk about these Tampa Bay Rays, AJ. Keep uh, on thir- A baker's dozen now. That's 13. That's what they call it, a baker's dozen, because they, they give you the one extra. That's nice of yeah. a baker. Yeah. Now, you were in the New York uh, food industry. Is that because of, like, uh, they want it? They want one extra for free? Is that really is that what a baker's dozen comes from? It, it goes back to some sort of thing where they um, they the weight of something, of bl- the weight of bread. I don't know. I have no idea the origin of it. All <laughs> sorry, I know is that a, to put you on the spot. all I know is that a baker's dozen is thirteen, not twelve. I know that too. I don't and know you know, in, in in some of the old bagel shops in New York, you go uh-huh. in, you say, "Let me get a dozen bagels," and they give you the thirteenth for free. Now that's my kind of bagel. They shop. throw in the thirteenth. So I mean, now bagels are so expensive now, but you used to get like a dozen bagels. It used to be cheap. You get a dozen bagels and a thing of you know little thing Here of cream is. cheese. Baker's dozen means 13 instead of 12. The tale behind its origin is that a medieval law specified <laughs> <course>. medieval times <laughs> the yeah. weight of bread loaves. Hear ye, hear ye. And any, I demand that the weight of bread loaves be 13. <laughs> and any baker who supplied less to a customer was in for dire punishment. Like they would throw him in the bread oven. So bakers <laughs> would just throw a 13th loaf in rather than face certain doom. Uh, see, never, Savvy. never. I knew it had to do with weight. Didn't know about lo- uh, the amount of loaves of bread or medieval times or sending you to the guillotine if you didn't have enough loaves. Loaves? Loaves? I think either loaves. is acceptable. Loaves? <laughs> loaves. Loaves? Loaves. So it's like one meatloaf, two meat loaves? Yeah. Or meatloafs? Meatloaves. Loaves? So is it roof or roofs? Roofs or roofs? Roofs. I heard both are acceptable, but I don't care. I mean, you're the one. You're the Yale English major, not me. I literally was at a Yale Ivy League institution talking about this with a linguistics professor, and I'm like, "Hey, I don't know. What do you guys think?" But yeah, to, roof or roofs. What? Apparently, both are usable. To what? <laughs> did, did you just say Utes? <laughs> so the Tampa Bay Rays win their 13th straight game. This one in come from behind fashion against the Red Sox. It started out, and we thought. The under was dead in the first inning. 1-1 after the first inning. The Red Sox then scratch across one in the fourth and one in the fifth. This is after Jeffrey Springs left the game due to a little bit of discomfort. Much to AJ's chagrin. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, AJ had the first five under. I had the full game under. Uh, And then in the bottom of the fifth, the Tampa Bay Rays showed up. Seven-run explosion in the bottom of the fifth inning, they win the game 9-3. to three. Not only is Tampa 13-0, but every single one of their wins, except for one of them, has covered the minus one-and-a-half run line. And that was a shutout. And that was a one-nothing shutout, yes. They, they have scored the most runs in baseball. They have allowed the least amount of it's runs in baseball. unbelievable what they're doing. And what's crazy is they're dealing with all kinds of injuries on top of it. Mm. Like, they just keep on coming. They are clearly the best team in baseball. The metrics speak for themselves. Uh, And then if you're just looking at, like, first five scoring, highest first five scoring team in baseball at 4.67 runs per first five innings, this is – it's just disgusting how good baseball they're playing right now. And, yes, I know that they are a victim of their schedule as well. You beat up on the Tigers, the Nationals, and the A's – not much to write home about, but I think the four-game sweep of the Red Sox does say a lot about this team, even though Boston is not where they would hope to be at some point this season. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not been ideal for Boston, but they're certainly not Washington. They're not 100 lost. Oh, yeah, they, they, they might be a bad team. Their lineup does not mm-hmm. look good, uh, and their pitching does not look good. But 
listen, we at some point you just have to say, okay, it's just the Rays are really good. Like, yeah. sure, have they played a poor schedule? Yes. Even teams who play poor schedules for 13 games in a row should lose one. Mm-hmm. And the Rays haven't and really haven't come all that close to losing one. They have dominated. Uh, and now the matchup they get tonight with a chance to break the modern MLB record. Yes. Comes against a, a pitcher who looks for the third consecutive week. They're facing a former ace yeah, who is completely washed. Yeah, and Jose Barrios. Uh, the Rays' 13 wins to start the season matches the 1982 Atlanta Braves and the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. The only longer streak, 20-0 and 0 to start the season by the 1884 St. Louis Maroons of the Union Association. Hear ye, hear ye. The St. Louis Maroons have won 20 straight. Ding, 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 ding. Get your 13th low free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they win 21, your Baker's dozen is free. So the Rays tonight, as AJ mentioned, will take on the Blue Jays at Rogers Center. And Jose Barrios is on the mound. And he has not been good. It's been That's a, polite. Yeah, it's been... A, it's been an interesting couple of years for Barrios. When he was acquired by the Blue Jays from the Twins, he was supposed to be the the, the top of the rotation guy, the, the ace that they needed to put them over the hump because this team had a talented lineup, the roster was great, and they were ready to take that next step. All right, he does so-so. Going into last year, the Blue Jays, massive expectations. What was it, 91 and a half, I think their projected win total was in 2022? Barrios finishes the year 12 and 7, but a 5-2-3 ERA. Mm. And then he starts the year this year. He doesn't have the expectations of being the ace. You know, you got Alec Manoa, you got Kevin Gosman, and he has kind of accepted his role on this team. But even still, his first two starts of the year have just picked up right where he left off last season. He got tagged for eight runs in five and two-thirds innings against the Royals. He gave up six runs in four innings against the Angels, and he carries an 11.17 ERA into this matchup tonight. I, I know the Rays are going to lose at some point, but I, I'm not betting on Barrios. I might, I might say, hey, maybe I'll bet on this Blue Jays lineup because the Blue Jays lineup is great, but I can't bet on Barrios to shut down what Tampa has been able to do offensively. I bet on the race uh, again, and uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, the only re the only way you can look at Rasmussen against Barrios and say, yep, I feel good about the Jays here is you're in the mindset that, well, they got to lose sometime. Yep. But honestly, how's that been treating you the last four or five games where that's what everybody's been saying? It's not going all that great. Like if you if if you keep doubling your bet at the window right mm-hmm. now, trying to get it all back, you're in pretty bad shape right now. So, and I know that you know you'll say, oh, the eleven point one seven ERA, like that's a little inflated. He also uh, gave up some unearned runs, and things just haven't worked out for him. His expected ERA is five point nine five. So yeah, it's not eleven. It's still bad. Yeah. And his FIP and his ex-FIP are 3.2. So he's still supposed to be giving up at least three runs a start. You know, like th- this is, it- it's. Wait, why is his expected ERA so much higher than his ex-FIP, isn't it? FIP is fielding independent pitching. Okay. So it does the ERA counts everything. The, uh, the FIP doesn't count fielding. So what's a good number? If he's got three, what's a good number? Oh, anything like, like an ERA, a sub number, a low number. Like you, you want to see a pitcher, pitchers that are good uh, progression candidates are pitchers that have a lower FIP than gotcha. their ERA. They should normalize. Yes. Now, pitchers that are regression candidates are pitchers that have a higher FIP than their ERA because maybe they're getting lucky. Maybe they're they're pitching into double plays. So didn't you just spell out why this guy is a progression candidate if his FIP is lower than his ERA? Sure, but it's still not. I see what you're saying. Top of it's still not top tier major league level. Gotcha. Like. Like, yeah, his expected ERA is much lower than his regular ERA. It's still 5.95. Gotcha. <laughs> if he, if still he, should lose to the Rays. Yeah, if he had a FIP that was like 2.7, I'd say, you know what? This guy's getting a little bit unlucky here. Yeah. You know, you look at maybe like, uh, maybe here, Dylan Cease, for example. Okay, uh, maybe that's a bad example because he's fantastic. But the White Sox defense is terrible. So I'm looking at like, okay. He should be even better. 
His ERA this year is 3.13. His fielding independence, 3.1. So it's a little whatever. But well, that that's kind of an example that I would give. Like, I'm trying to think of teams that have bad defense. But let's also defenses. look at 28. If you didn't, if you take away like 2018-19 Jose Barrios, where he was one of the best pitchers in baseball, and we saw what he's doing this year, we wouldn't we would just think he stinks. Mm-hmm. We're just remembering, oh, he didn't stink five or six years ago. He he was once like it's a name you recognize. Yeah. Like Corey Kluber. Oh, Corey Kluber, he's great. No, he's not. Chris Sale, he's great. No, he's not. Like, these guys don't last. for These guys aren't Nolan Ryan just out there chucking it at 45 years old. These these guys are all well past their prime. Barrios hasn't been good in years. Mm -hmm. But people recognize the name. So, like, oh, well, he could get the job done. Oh, that ERA is inflated. I... I, I give give me them give me the Rays to keep riding this thing. Like they are playing so well right now. What's amazing is the Rays put a different lineup out almost every day. Yeah, like it, it's never the same lineup. And there's like three guys who play there. You would say they're everyday players, and everybody else just kind of mixes and matches. There's not really like a, uh, a a set position list for most of these guys. It's like. Franco plays every day. Orozarena plays every day, mm-hmm. and then it's just let's let's mix and match things. Yeah, it's, you know, Manuel Margot. You know, you got Taylor Walls, uh, Brandon Lau. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've got a bunch of guys, and all of them are performing. Mm-hmm. All of them. I mean, it really is unbelievable, and you that gives the the manager a great opportunity to say, okay, you hit lefties well. This is my lineup mm-hmm. today, and I'm not worried about a massive drop-off here. Like, it's it's just a real luxury right now. And Drew Rasmussen, who gets the start tonight for Tampa, oh, he just hasn't allowed a run yet in his first two starts. No, no big deal. Three hits allowed in 13 innings pitched, zero runs, 15 three, strikeouts. Three hits, 15 strikeouts in 13 innings. That feels like good. That's, that's the kind of guy I want to play on. Yeah, sounds like a good whip. That's It's pretty good. And, and again, this price... I don't even think I got the best number on it yesterday. I got it at minus one twelve. I think it opened like close to a like even, them, yeah. even money, and this is again, it's just people who are too sharp for their own good or too cool for school mm-hmm. saying they got to lose eventually, and that's the same shit they said yesterday, and the same thing they said the day before, and the day before, and all those days they're losing. Like, and I'm again, I'm not trying to tell you that they're never going to lose, yeah. but. You have to look at a, a matchup that makes sense. Like, okay, I could see them losing here. The only reason that I played the under uh, yesterday is because I wanted to fade the race. Right. But I couldn't, and I wrote this up on pregame.com. I said, I want to bet on the Red Sox today, but I can't. I, so the, the, this is the way that I'm fading the race. I'm playing the under eight. and Because because you assumed Jeffrey Springs was too good for the Red Sox lineup. And I also thought that Kluber would pitch well, which for the first four innings, he did. He did. It was a 3-1 ball game going into the bottom of the fifth inning. And then, you know, the the, the, the what the levees broke. Yeah. And the water came in. And and, and that was it. Women well, and children first. So They were talking about on the Rays broadcast, when they brought, when they brought the first reliever in, it was like a guy who couldn't hit Kluber to save his life. And they they brought in a I don't forget who it was where they were in the lineup but he was like oh for forever against Kluber and that's who they decided they decided so to bring of, in instead of leaving Kluber in they brought in the reliever yes and, yeah, and then that's when things fell apart yeah because it would have been it was three two at that point when they took him out yeah and maybe you give him a chance to get out of the inning at three to two yeah and but, I was already uh, burned at three to two yeah, I had under four and a half yeah yeah but that was yeah. Uh, that was rough um, but hey. Uh, Credit, give all the credit in the world, Mackenzie. There are now bets that you can place right. on the Tampa Bay Rays when they're going to lose. What are those odds? So for them to lose today here at FanDuel, they put these odds up plus one ten. That's the money line odds. But you can bet. But why would you? You can just bet better than plus one ten on the Blue Jays somewhere else. So just if you think they're going to lose, don't bet the plus one ten. Shop just around. Bet, bet on the Blue Jays. Yeah. So that's the 14th. If the 15th they lose plus two twenty. So that's tomorrow. That's the pitching matchup. Is you say. <laughs> Not I say. You say. You say. You Kikuchi. don't say. <laughs> you say Kikuchi is starting for the Blue Jays, and it's going to be a bullpen day. You say for, Kikuchi. Watch your mouth. It's gonna you be, say Kikuchi. I say Kikuchi. It's going to be uh, Josh Fleming and probably Jalen Beek splitting the game, uh, like they did the last start for the race. So, so pretty decent. But it's going to be better than. It's not going to be as good as plus two twenty because this is saying they're going to have to lose. They're going to have to win and then lose. 
Yeah, you're basically parlaying Rays today right. and 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 Blue Jays, Blue Jays tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, but that's a game that makes sense. Like if you want to find a, if you want to circle a spot and say, okay, here's where they could lose. Because think about what happened when when Springs got hurt. Mm-hmm. The bullpen got taxed. Yeah. Like they pitched guys that they weren't expecting to pitch today. And but if Rasmussen or, goes out and throws seven innings tonight, that, that then, then some saves things. saves the guy's arms. That does change some things. Plus, but, like Fleming but, and Beeks will combine for six innings. Yeah. But what happened yesterday was unexpected. And that's kind of the downside to having these bullpen games mm-hmm. is when you have to have a a non-planned bullpen game yeah. close to it, it can throw some games off because there's guys who today probably pitched three innings that probably weren't supposed to pitch more than two innings. Mm-hmm. and But you just had to do what you had to do. Um, but, yeah, I, that would make sense to me, Go like trying to fade the Rays there. But when the Rays, who, by the way, losing Springs yesterday, that's the, the second of their starting pitchers this week to go on to the IL. I, mm-hmm. I assume they'll go on yeah. to the IL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and that's, they, they already had their co-ace mm-hmm. on the IL to start the season in Tyler Glasnow. Like, they're running out of bodies. Like, so it's not, this Rays run can't keep going on forever. It's it, 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 If it goes on for a couple more days, it's going to be running on fumes yeah. because the, the pitching arms are about to dry up. So, because uh, you could probably just make, like, um, if you bet the Rays, I wouldn't play the plus. First of all, these these bets are not good, right? Because I you don't don't play the plus two twenty. What you would do is just play the Rays at minus one thirty, and then roll, roll over. over all your winnings into betting the Blue Jays tomorrow, and you're gonna get a higher payout than plus yeah. two twenty. You know how FanDuel's not giving you good odds and not giving you sharp odds. You can bet the over ninety seven and a half. No wonder to bet, and that's exactly what I would look at. You look at MLB five thirty eight. They're only expected to win ninety five games. I feel like there's a little bit of exuberance with these Rays that yeah. are a little bit overpriced. Yeah. So uh, congratulations, 13 straight is impressive. Probably going to make it 14 tonight. Don't know if they make it 15 or 16. What a great pitching matchup, by the way, on Sunday. Alec Manoa and Shane McClanahan and why this is not the Sunday night baseball game is beyond me. Actually, I know why it's not the Sunday night baseball game because when ESPN probably made the schedule and, and got the Sunday night game, they thought that they were going to get a Jacob deGrom Framber Valdez matchup, mm. but instead it's Andrew Haney against Framber Valdez on Sunday. Mm. <laughs> so, Sunday Night Baseball, the Battle of Texas, Framber Valdez against Andrew Haney. Andrew Haney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's look at the rest of the schedule coming up here for uh, tonight's action Friday night. Diamondbacks start a series at the Marlins. Madison Bumgarner washed against uh, Trevor Rogers. Well, I remember Madison Bumgarner's real good. Three-time World Series champion. You know what's amazing, though? Like, I st- Arizona's still a good team. They are. And the fact that Miami's minus 160 in this game, little bit, uh, that that's, that's a... What's what's a what's that's a saying? clear line? That's a long walk for a sh- sh- long short, short drink, drink of water. water. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's what that would apply to this no. at all. Well, <laughs> that's how about, a good expression though. How about we just? It is. How about we just say that's a stretch? Okay, is yeah, that that, good? that's better for this situation. That's a stretch to have them uh, because as favored this. Rogers high. is good also, but he's not been good this season yeah. so far. No, yeah, and I, I just like I don't know. I mean, I mean, Luis Arise just never gets out for the Marlins, so. Hey, maybe the books know more than us, and maybe the Marlins are going to dominate this game. Phillies uh, and the Reds continue their series. Connor Overton against Taiwan Walker. Philly minus 150. If there was one game in this series to bet the over at Great American Ballpark, this would be the game. You weren't going to do it with Nick Lodolo on the hill. No. You're not going to do it coming up this weekend where uh, you'll have an Aaron Nola game, and then you're not going to do it with uh, a Graham Ashcraft game and, and Matt Strom, who's pitching well for the Phillies. So if there was one game, you said, hey, great American ballpark, great, it's a great over park. You got to pick one of these four games to go over. I would pick Overton and Walker. Yeah. So I think tonight this game goes over. Uh, Giants at the Tigers. Sean Manaya goes for the Giants. Joey Wentz for Detroit. San Francisco minus 145. The Guardians at the Nationals. Cal Quantrill and Trevor Williams. Cleveland. Minus 160. You know, talk to Fez on the Fezic Focus about the bet. I believe, Mackenzie, you got a, a message from one of our listeners 
about betting will a team bat in the bottom of the ninth inning. Yeah. I would be willing to lay minus 225 that the Nationals bat in the bottom of the ninth in this game. So you think it's going to be close or they're going to be losing? No, I think they're going to be losing. Right. Yeah. So I would. I, I think that they would bat in the bottom of the ninth. I've never seen that before. That's a cool Me way. Me neither. I saw, it's on DraftKings. It is interesting. It's on DraftKings. It's an interesting way to play a favorite. It's almost like in hockey, betting a team to win in regulation as opposed to just betting. You know, you get a little bit reduced juice, but um, then you obviously miss out if they win the game in a walk-off fashion. But let's say like Yankees. Yankees are minus 195 against the Twins. Nestor Cortez and Tyler Molly. Uh, actually, it's not going to be Tyler Molly. Tyler Molly has been pushed to Saturday. So it's Nestor Cortez. I think it's Lavender or something that's pitching for the Twins tonight. I got to check. Made-up person. Yeah. I, I, well, Lavender, I just made that. No, Louis Varland. Louis Varland. Varlander? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Louis Varland. We got Varland going Off tonight. Off-brand Varland. <laughs> so the Yankees are minus 180, right? And I haven't seen. There's no props up just yet on this game. But I would venture Yankees to bat in the bottom of the ninth. The no is going to be like minus 150. Something like that. Thank you. And I would bet that. Yankees to not bat in the bottom of the ninth at minus 150. It's like laying minus one and a half. I think they're going to win easily. You know, it's a different way to bet it. Well, no, they don't have to win easily. They just got to win and not have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. Just win an eight and a half innings. Yeah, well, so if it's tied, it's less easy. That's what I mean. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is that a better number than them just to win? Yeah, do you, you, yeah. Yeah, you get a little bit, yeah. Okay. It's, it just scares me. For the me. favorites, like, you get reduced juice. For the underdogs, you have to lay the juice. Yeah, it's, a, they it's almost bat. like that. Uh, win it, the win in regulation that, bets. That's exactly it's what it is. very similar to what you just said. Yeah. I, but what I'm saying is, like, I, I don't know how many times I've heard you say, oh, I, I had to win, win in regulation, regulation and they won the game in overtime. overtime. Yeah. It just seems like another way that, like, for, to get people to bet and, oh, I'm saving a little bit of juice. Hey, we like then, options. Better yeah. like options. You're Not right. necessarily sharp every single time, but another, another way to get at it. I think the way to play it is the underdogs. Because it, you're not exactly betting them to win the game, right? Right. You're just betting them to bat in the bottom of the ninth, which means they could yeah. still win the and game. The problem with the plus one and a half is extra innings. How many times you lose by two or more because yeah. of the the running system? We just saw it the other day. There was a, a three run home run that that uh, won the game in extra innings. I forgot for who, but You'd yeah, be holding your ticket, looking at the ticket Ghost counter, runner. just saying, "Let this game end because I want to cash it." Ghost runner. Angels are at the Red Sox. Patrick Sandoval, Tanner Houck. Uh, Angels minus 125. This is the start of a four-game wraparound set with the most intriguing game being on Monday, Patriots Day in Boston. Shohei Otani on the mound. We'll talk about that game Monday morning, though. And if you are if you are in the Boston area and you listen to this podcast, like, first of all, what's up? Get some Duncan. Uh, <laughs> but also, that's an 11 a.m. first pitch on Patriots Day. So I always thought Patriots Day was 420. Maybe I'm mistaken. No, I think it's just, I don't know. I don't know when, uh, why. It's the same day as tax day often, I remember. It's 4.15, so, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it, well, 4.15 is, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was. Uh, it's, it's the same day as the marathon, right? It's the same day as, the, it's, yes, it's the Boston Marathon, but I guess it's on a different day every year. Um, maybe it's like the, oh, well, it's always the third Monday in April. I'm say, it's probably on the same day every year. It's the same day every year. It's always the third Monday. Uh, yeah, so it's April 17th this year. It'll be the 15th next year, the 21st. The year after that, a lot um, of college kids drinking on Boston that day, early, early. Not so. just college, everybody. No <laughs> one works. No one works on Patriots. I got to go there one time. It's I've I've never been, and I've always wanted to go. Just it's just a, it would be an incredible experience. Like everyone just gets hammered at like ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> watch his Otani pitch. It sounds well, like first, day. Sh- first you show up and watch the marathon, and then you go to to Fenway, and then you get Otani. <laughs> uh, the Orioles are at the White Sox. It's going to be Mike Clevenger going for the Sox. Tyler Wells for the Orioles. This Orioles offense is a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I'll say this. And uh, it's funny. I got some tweets today. Do you remember? Not yesterday. The day before, I said, you know what? I think Mountcastle and and Rutschman would be like guys that I would bet to hit home runs. Yeah. <laughs> and neither of them did yeah. two days ago. Yesterday Today they did. Yesterday, both yesterday. of them. Both of them went yard yesterday. Mountcastle oh. and You said them all four times. You're doing yeah. well. Adley Rutschman with the walk-off homer, winning it for the uh, A's. You have the Braves. It's the thought that counts, they say. It is. In, the, in sports betting, particularly, they say that. The Braves at the Royals. Charlie Morton, Brady Singer, Atlanta minus 140. Atlanta, uh, quietly, the second-best record in all of Major League Baseball at 9-4. Yeah. 
Right. Who do you think is more likely to win the chip? Braves, Rays. Ooh. Who's more likely, Braves or Rays? I would say Braves. I think the path in the National League is a little easier. I was going to bet you. They're plus 725. Rays are like 12 to 1 consensus. I was so ready to hit the Yeah, I, I think the path's a little easier in the in the National League. I think in the American League, you might get – actually, no, maybe. You like the, you like the Rays, right? <laughs> no, because once Altuve comes back, the Astros are going to be great. I think it's uh, a small sample size. They're the yeah. best team in baseball through yeah. 15 games. You know, the, the Yankees are still great. Um I think, Although the I think Rays the Ang- are now favored to win the AL East. Yes, Plus they are. 150, you can get yeah. the Yankees now. Yeah, I think I think the Angels are sneaky. They'll make the playoffs. The Twins are going to make the playoffs. Um, it's interesting. In the in the National League, it's like, all right, Mets, Braves, Dodgers, Padres, and then whoever comes out of the Central. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same characters every year. We need, like, an underdog story. We need, like, some team to come out of nowhere and win the World Series. Like Major League? Like the Orioles. We need, like, the Orioles to win the World Series this year. I like how now if the Tampa Bay Rays win the World Series, that's not enough of an underdog They were story. in the World Series a couple of years I ago. I know, but, like, what's their payroll? Like, they're still— Actually, it wasn't a couple of years ago. It was, like—when was the last time? Was it 2008? I think it was 2019, right? They didn't play They didn't play Snell? He was all mad about it? No, oh. that was the AL championship they lost to the Astros. Oh, okay. They, yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah. So um, 20, 2008 was the David Price years when they went to the World Series and lost. Uh, but, yeah, they went uh, 2020. So they've okay. been in the World Series recently. But, I mean, if, they, if the Rays won the World Series, that's not a, like— It'll be a great story. Yeah. It'll be a great story. And also, there's no city called Tampa Bay. I mean, like, Tampa's— Isn't city. that crazy? Yeah. It's, it, but it's, the same, it's like the New England Patriots. But for some reason, Tampa Bay doesn't get treated the way that, like— like New England does. Like people say, oh, the New England Patriots, like that's a team that doesn't have like a location or like the Golden State Warriors. People just assume that Tampa Bay is a city. Yeah. Because their sports franchises are more famous than their actual yes. municipalities. Yes, that's exactly what it is. But like there is no, like Tampa, Florida is the city. Tampa Bay is the area. Was it, was it on SOV where we argued about this, about South Florida, the University of South Florida being in Tampa Bay? Yes. Or in, in the Tampa Bay area? And it's not even South Florida. It's like Central Florida, really. It's like the middle of Florida, and it's like, oh, we're just going to call it South Florida. Hell with it. Yeah, St. Petersburg sounds better. Yeah, Got Tam- Clearwater right Tampa there. Tampa Bay is yeah. Tampa Bay is Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, Ebor. Like that's like yeah. that's the Tampa Bay area. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. yes, it would be a tremendous story if the Tampa Bay Rays won the. Uh, the 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 World Series. I remember when I was in Tampa so so many so many years ago, and they actually had a sign that it was like uh, Tampa Bay, like the city of champions, <laughs> because they had it was the Bucks won the Super Bowl, right? So I guess this was right around two thousand two or so, yeah. and the Lightning um, won the Stanley Cup in two thousand four, maybe. So it was the uh, the Lightning, or two, yeah, 2003, 2004. So the Lightning won, the Bucks won, and the, I think the arena football team was the Tampa Bay Predators. Is that what the name of the arena football team? And they had won, like, six or seven, like, arena bowls in a row. Like, they were, like, the, 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 the best team. And so I remember driving down, like, the Del Mabry, and it was, like, Tampa Bay, city of champions. Oh, they've got they, yeah. yeah, they talk about it constantly. City of champions. Yes, that's what it was. Was I right on that, Tampa Bay Predators? No, it was the Orlando Predators. No, I was gonna say, well, I think that Tampa was Tampa Bay Storm. That sounds more accurate. Yeah. I don't. I don't. This is Canadian football. No, no. arena football. <laughs> yeah, Can- Florida, Canadian, Florida, Canada. Everybody knows Tampa that. Bay Storm. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Storm. Storm. And didn't they win like a bunch of arena bowls or something? I don't know. But uh, anyway, yes, they did. Two thousand three was their last one, though. That's see, right? Two thousand two, two thousand three. They got too big for their britches. Was, talking about city of champions. Was the city of champions? Tampa was the city of champs. It was great. Champions. Also, the original Hooters is in Clearwater. So <laughs> does not surprise me. <laughs> the Rangers are at the Astros. Martin Perez against Luis Garcia. This line really jumps out to me because Martin Perez for the Rangers last year was one of the top pitchers in Major League Baseball. And this year, he's off to a pretty good start. He's allowed four runs in his first two starts. And I understand it's the Astros and the Astros are at home. Maybe is this all because Corey Seager of the Rangers is, is out? And like that's a big blow to their lineup. Because the Astros at minus 160 against Martin Perez seems like too big of a line. I, I, I don't know what's what's driving. I don't disagree with you, I'm saying, but I don't know what's driving it. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess people are just down on the Rangers without Corey Seager. Seager's going to miss like four weeks with a hamstring injury, and that's a big blow to their lineup. But Are we worried at all by the Astros? They're 6-7. and seven. They're still World Series favorites. Not, not until Altuve comes back. Once Altuve comes back, and if they don't perform, then I'll be concerned. But I, I don't think you can really – you can really understate how valuable Jose Altuve is to this lineup. Like he's that good of a player. We're talking about an MVP guy, right? So um, it just, it lengthens the lineup so much now because you put him at the top and then everybody else slides down and at full strength, there's not many teams, if any, that have a better lineup than the Astros when it's Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker. Like those are like, name me a better foursome Jeremy, in a lineup, Jeremy Pena. Jeremy, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not even going down yeah. that far. Just name me a better like top four of like you know bats in Major League Baseball. Like, all right, like Lemayhew, Judge, Stanton, Rizzo. Eh. Yeah. Like Lemayhew, eh, you know, uh, Altuve is better than Lemayhew. And, and what are the odds those four are ever healthy on the same yeah. day? Yeah, that's Freeman, Smith, Muncie. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know that that's that's a good four, but not as good. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think so. The Rays just. Just you know, figure it out the day of. Yeah, it's gonna be like Randy Rosarena. Hey, that boy, Diaz. come over here. You're third. <laughs> yeah, like, we got it. They'll figure out who their guys are. Uh, what about the A's? No, <laughs> not the A's. <laughs> Pirates are at the Cardinals, and this. Okay, I might have a play on this game. Cardinals are minus one seventy. It's a high line. John Woodford goes, and he hasn't been good to start the year for St. Louis. But Johan Oviedo pitches for the Pirates. Johan Oviedo was a Cardinals farmhand for a while. For over the course of maybe two two seasons, maybe three seasons, they called him up a bunch of times. They tried to give him a chance to earn a spot in the rotation. Never could stick around. Don't you think that the Cardinals scouting department has the entire book on Johan Oviedo? I would think so. And so don't you think all these players now, especially after getting shut out 5 nothing yesterday, are in the clubhouse looking at the iPads, talking to the pitching coach and the and the hitting coach, saying, "Hey, listen, you know he's got a high leg kick, he high, uh, with a with an over the top delivery, and uh, throws the slider here. You know he 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 tips his pitches by doing this, by doing this. Speaking of tipping pitches, the Twins definitely had something on Johnny Brito yesterday. Get your shit together, Rook. They hide had it. something on him. Hide it, Rook. You don't you don't hit him that hard." when no one has in the first two starts and score nine runs in the top of the first inning, unless you're picking up something. Yeah. And uh, I think that the Cardinals will have something on Johan Oviedo in this game. So the Cardinals were shut out, right? Yeah. Very simple query. I just ran right here. Previous game, you're shut out and you're a favorite. 2,000 games in the sample. You're winning 59% of the time. You're up 16 units, betting every single time this spot comes up. Wow. We're betting the Cardinals. Let's do it, baby. You hear that, listeners? What kind of number we got here? We're minus 170. Oh, yeah. We're betting the Cardinals. Uh, moving along on the baseball schedule, the Mets are at the A's, and this might be a like a big-time play for me. You know why? Because my rookie of the year stud, the ghost, Kode Senga, is pitching for the Mets against James Caprillion. James Caprillion, who has gotten off to a, a, his ERA, much like uh, Jose Barrios, 11.17 this year. His expected ERA, you would think it's like it's lower, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. as far with Barrios, it was like five something. Sure. So it's like it makes sense. He's not going to be that bad. Caprillion's expected ERA eight point two nine. Got lucky. His fielding independent pitching eight six eight. This guy sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not that's not great. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, at home this year, in the first five innings, the A's are averaging. 1.83 runs. They just can't. They, they, they yeah, they, they hit some in Baltimore. They're not going to hit at home. This is a bad team. The Mets had an off day. The A's just, you know, lost in a walk-off and then had to travel from East Coast back to West Coast after a seven-game East Coast trip. This is their first game back on the West Coast. Ooh, this, this seems like a fade spot for Oakland. Here's all I know. I uh, am on a 13 and five streak in MLB, and I know for a fact that two of those 13 wins <laughs> come on Kode Singa strikeout prop overs. Yeah, and eight in his first start, six in his second start. I'm gonna try to make it three for three. We're going for it. We got another I've five and a half. I've bet it both times too. Yeah. We're doing it. Let's get it, baby. His ghost forkball is the number one strikeout percentage pitch in Major League Baseball. 
at 85.7%. Of all the pitches thrown in 2013, Kode Senga's forkball, which he has thrown 42 times, has the highest K rate in Major League Baseball. As far as the whiff percentage, which is the amount of times that you throw the pitch and the batter swings and misses at it. Kode Senga's forkball, 13th in Major League Baseball at 60%. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Let's move on, and we'll take a look at the Brewers at the Padres. Eric Lauer against Michael Waka. Waka, Waka! The Cubs are... <laughs> what? You didn't find that funny? No, I did. I Come did. Fozzie. That, that's Muppet Babies. Yeah, Fozzie. Yeah. I thought it was a Waka Flock of Flame reference, no? No, no. Millennials. <laughs> uh, Cubs at the... I'm older than you. <laughs> I'm talking about McKenzie. Oh. Well, by the way, Padres, you just mentioned. Machado, Soto, Bogarts, Cruz. At, at one point, it'll be Tatis. Maybe yeah. they're better than the yeah, Astros. that's probably it. When Tatis comes. Tatis homered, by the way, in, uh, in his AAA game. But so. by the way, Nelson Cruz continues to mash at 75 years old. <laughs> yeah. He is still he's, very he's good. He's going to be like the next Moises Alou. He's very good at hitting baseball is thrown Moises, by left-handed players. Is Moises Alou the oldest player to ever hit home run? No, he can't be. I mean, he played when he was like 46. Was he that right? old? Uh, here we go. Uh, Julio Franco. Oh, I saw Julio, right? I saw a lot of Julio Franco games in Arlington. That's who I was thinking of, not Moises. I, was, okay. I, I have the name Moises Alou, Moises Alou was on my guy. mouth. But in my head, I was picturing Julio Franco. Julio Franco with the over-the-head yes, bat swing. Yes. Uh, Moises Alou was a guy who used to piss on his hands and rub them together yeah. so he wouldn't have calluses. Yeah. It's a strong move. Yeah. Uh, and then no one else uses your bat. Yeah, no one, else, yeah. <laughs> no one high-fives you after a home run. You know who else uh, did that was— um, And that's when the fist bump was invented. <laughs> you know who else did that was uh, Jorge Posada. I did not know that. He was also a urinate on his hands type of guy. I'd be honestly, if I were a pitcher, I'd be like, "Hey, I need you to wash your hands before you play. <laughs> because I'm, I'm not going to be touching the same ball as you all game. If you're going to like, every time you throw it back to me, there's a little bit of piss on it. I don't like that. Yeah, uh, the, understandable. The uh, Alou family, of course, uh, you know, one of the more famous families in Major League Baseball. His father, Felipe Alou, yep. longtime player and manager. Um, and manager, yeah, and his brothers as well. You know, his half brother Luis Rojas was the Mets manager. I did not know bit. that. Yeah, that's his. Uh, yeah, so, it's a lesson every day here on yeah, SOVA. The Alou family, uh, one of the uh, legacies in baseball, uh, and Mel Rojas uh, also related to the uh, the the, Ro- the Rojas's are related. the Rojas clan. They are related to the Alous as well. Uh, Cubs are at the Dodgers. Justin Steele against Thor. Noah Syndergaard. L.A. is minus 170, total of 8.5. I like Justin Steele for some reason. Like he, he, He's been pitching well. He pitched well last year. He's off to a really good start this year. I, I don't hate taking a little plus money flyer on the Cubbies and, and kind of fading Syndergaard here. I don't hate it. I'm not going to like it when the Dodgers win, <laughs> but I don't hate taking a shot. Uh, the Rockies are at the Mariners. Marco Gonzalez goes for Seattle. Austin Gomber, Gomber, pitching for the Rockies. Seattle minus 178. Colorado, um, they're going to be a bad team this year. They have hit the ball. Wait, get off the limb. Come back out off that limb. Yeah, yeah. You think they're going to be... Are they going to be bad, or are they going to be just not real good? I should not bet them 25-1 to 1 to make the playoffs? Or... No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a good bet. Um, but they have kind of hit decently to start the year. Like, it hasn't been bad. They've put up some they put up some, you know, productive run numbers. They've also given up a ton of run numbers. Like, let me just look real quick at the over-under numbers. In I bet you they're one of the best, the highest over teams in baseball right now. Because even, like, it's not about them hitting, but even the games that they're losing, like, they're losing, you know, they're getting they're getting run on pretty good. Uh, let's see. Colorado right now is 7-6 and six to the over. Oh, so not as bad as I thought. You know who the best over team in baseball is? Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Well, their <laughs> offense is just fantastic. But also tied with the Tampa Bay Rays, Oakland. Yeah, when your pitching's that shitty. they're giving up runs. Yeah. Opposite ends of the spectrum. It is. It's Tampa's 9. And, and they've, all, they've also played Tampa three times. Yes, Tampa's 9-3-1, and one, right? And they play, haven't they played Baltimore, too? Yes. Who's been in a lead-off. Baltimore's 9-4 and four to the over as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So those are the best over teams in baseball. The uh, best under team You want the best baseball. over teams? Check the A's schedule. That's them. The best under team in baseball is Minnesota. Okay. I was going to say check. 4-7-2, despite the 11-run outburst uh, that occurred yesterday. 
they are the best under team in baseball. And then St. Louis at uh, nine and four to the under. That surprises me because their bats have been good and their pitching's been terrible. But their bats have also gone quiet. So they got shut out yesterday. Yeah. They had that series against um, it was against the Brewers, I think, where they scored one run, I think, the entire series. So three straight games, you, you get shut out back-to-back games, and then you score one run. So they're almost like feast or famine. And which is it, what it's really surprising about the Cardinals is that if you do look at their advanced numbers, they are one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball. Like as far as it, 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 in terms of weighted runs created, they're fourth best in Major League Baseball, meaning they're putting themselves in position to score more runs than only th- than everybody else in baseball. That's why we're betting the Cardinals. That's why we're betting the Cardinals. Yes. Tampa, the number one team in WRC+. Then the Dodgers. Then Toronto. Tampa and Toronto together? Ooh, sounds like an over-series, boys. But um, bum I don't know. I was thinking about doing like a rim shot, but then it was just <laughs> kind of like horns. I like, think that's got to be the uh, end of the segment. I, I right? don't know. Yeah, we're but just going to call out the end of this baseball segment. Play the music. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness, and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. There are two games left before we get to the playoffs in the NBA. Those are the final two play-in games Today, uh, first, we'll start with the Eastern Conference, the Chicago Bulls, currently plus five and a half. The total in that game, 208 uh, at Miami. Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert, joins us again. Mackenzie, what are we looking at in this Bulls matchup? Can the Bulls stay competitive with the Heat here? I think they win this game. Whoa! I mean, I'm looking at the numbers on the season recently. What has Miami done to prove themselves much better than the Hawks. They were five-point favorites. And now after that very disappointing performance, we get the same line. Plus five and a half Chicago's getting. Here's my problem, though. Pulling back the curtain, uh, the great R.J. Bell took me under his wing a few years ago, and one of his earliest lessons was look at the board. Look at Bookmaker. Look at Pinnacle. If they're telling you a story, listen to that story. I'm not sure why, but the sharpest books in the world love Miami here. There's six at those spots. That's what's keeping me off the game. My analysis, though, my two eyes, I don't get how Miami's a better team. I don't get how they're a three-point better team, which is what this line is saying. 
Yeah, it's hard for me to want to back a favorite here, particularly because we we went over this, I think it was yesterday or the day before. Yep. The teams that have already lost a game in the play-in tournament are like, what are they, one in? One in three, and they've lost by margin. Yeah, so it's it's been a bad look. If you lose one, it's almost like they lose hope. Even with home court advantage, yeah. they're getting blown and out And we see in the opposite games. in the 16 round of the playoffs. If you lose game one, the favorites do great the next game, like 70% ATS. But it's different when there's not that much on the line. Game two, you, know, you have a whole series to play out. We've seen these teams falter. When they've disappointed, they've disappointed again. That's what I expect to see here. All right, let's take over and look at the Western Conference. Oh, I guess I should ask you because it's been the the hot conversation is, is there a bet to be made on the total here? It's 208. I bet the under. There's 208 or 208 and a half depending yep. on where you look. Uh, it's a low total. But, I mean, obviously the book knew what they were getting yep. into here. Uh, but you like the under? Yeah, it's very interesting. So last year the NBA went 60% to the under in the playoffs. And if you looked at shot quality, which is a way to say the shots that they're getting, how often should they go in or not go in, they really were scoring about as much as they should compared to the shots they were getting. This year, in the games, we've seen uh, three of them go under, at least the opening number, and only one go over. They're actually expected to score a lot more, So, which was the same with the play-in last year. So it's not that the pace is that much slower. It's that these, these guys are getting nervous. These guys are missing shots. They're missing free throws, 18 out of 36 in the Raptors. I think this is a very unique situation that's unlike the playoffs. I think it's a whole new subset that we have to consider. And the market likes the unders. We've seen unders. That's why I'm looking under. All right, let's take a look at the Western Conference where the Oklahoma City Thunder catching five and a half in Minnesota. Total of that game, 229. What do we see out West? I'm looking at OKC. I started looking at the T-Wolves, but here's my problem. It was minus four and a half. Rudy Gobert is announced back in. And some of the quotes were awkward, were weird. Were, yeah, we're going to put this behind us. It doesn't sound like they did put it behind them exactly. And I don't think Rudy Gobert's worth a point currently to this current roster. And we've seen the market move a point. If anything, <laughs> Imagine giving up like your entire right. future of your franchise for a guy who's not yeah. worth a point. It's very situational based. When the Utah Jazz had one good defender and he was it, he looked like a guy that was worth three and a half, four points to the line. But not so with the T-Wolves. And I think, I think there's some chemistry issues. I don't think him coming back necessarily this game is a positive and the market's reacted that way. So I want to look the other way. Uh, what about the Thunder? I mean, is, is this all anti-Minnesota or is there a, anything you see on the Thunder side where they can take advantage of some matchups? Yes. I think, uh, you know, the starting five, they probably have the advantage. Josh Giddy, SGA, and Lou Dort is probably a better top three than what the T-Wolves have right now. you got Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, and then you got a big drop-off. You got, is, is it Rudy Gobert? Is it uh, McDaniel's. I feel like the Thunder starting five, and you're going to play mostly your starting five in a situation like this with your with your season on the line, uh, are as good, and they're getting five and a half. Points. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the for Anthony Edwards, who you'd like to think is ready to break out and be a star. Yeah, he went 20 points under his his point prop last game. Three of 17 from the field, O of nine from three, four turnovers, more turnovers than field goals. At like it, this is an example of where a guy who might be really, really great in a couple of years is probably a year or two away from like breaking through. It's a good point. And think about how different it is for him this year compared to last year. Last year, no one had heard his name. He wasn't in that movie with Adam Sandler yet. He was kind of just you know living free and easy. Now he's the number one guy in one of thirty teams, one of eighteen left in the playoffs. There's a lot more pressure that comes with this situation, and there's a lot more defensive focus that will be centered on him than he's used to. That's why he went twenty points under his points prop. You could have bet ten to one that he'd score under ten points or something like that, and uh, that's what happened. What's the uh, the points prop on him tonight, and and is it something that we can look at under once again? It'd be an even bigger pressure spot now facing full elimination here. This is interesting. So the market looked at that terrible performance, and they said. Zero adjustment. 27 and a half wow. is his over again. It's actually juiced to the over. Uh, that I am very seriously considering the under on that play. He's a 24 and a half point per game player. On the season. And I know the Thunder aren't great defensively, but this total is right aligned with what the Timberwolves total is most every game. So this is a... Uh, you know, this is a, a pros versus Joe situation. Who's People matched like up on him? Is there like a is, does he have a great advantage? No, Lou Dort. Lou Dort's a very capable, arguably a top ten perimeter defender, and SGA is not too bad himself if he switches onto him. Uh, this looks like a good that spot here. Make to play any sense? 
I might have myself an NBA wager today, fellas. Look at me. What do you want to know on the season? Uh, I don't know. I've I, I've won two Warriors system plays. I might have lost a play earlier in the season. I'm like two 67%. and sixty-seven percent. I'm two and zero oh in my last like at least uh, two months. How about go. that? Uh, it's, it's a very rare thing, but I might I might dive in on one here today because that number seems outrageous. What book can I get that at? Fanduel. Okay, yeah, that's uh that's that's a surprising number. Uh, total overall two twenty eight and a half, two twenty nine. Any value on? This I'm not even asking if there's any overvalue. <laughs> yeah, no, it probably isn't. This is the one game I would not look to the under. I got burned betting on the Thunder last time. I feel like they're playing a lot freer and easier than these other teams. Uh, this is a team that wasn't supposed to be in the play, and they wasn't had no expectations, and they have a very bright future. So I feel like they play loose and easy. Wouldn't be surprised to see them score a bunch of points for this one. Can, and we're not going to be able to talk before these games tip off, but uh, both these teams will play on Sunday. The winners of these games will play on Sunday at Milwaukee and at Denver. Uh, do either of these teams have a chance to even push the one seeds? No. No, Nuggets win in five either way. Okay, Nuggets win in five, Bucks win in. Oh, I was thinking just the Western Conference. Uh yeah, if the Bucks play the Bulls, I made some good money last year betting on the Bucks. I love that matchup for them. I feel like the Bulls are able to score against most teams and not against Milwaukee. So I think they win that in four or five. Miami, they have some history there. It's a good matchup for Miami, actually. Maybe they push them to six, but unlikely. But Bucks, so I, I bet you could get Bucks if it if it is the Bulls, and you do like it as from a matchup standpoint. I bet you could get minus two and a half in that for a, a yep. pretty decent price. Last year, the same matchup. I bet minus one and a half, minus one sixty. It'd probably be similar price, maybe a little bit more expensive this time. Okay. As the NHL regular season comes to a close, Stanley Cup playoffs will begin on Monday. There are two games tonight to wrap up the regular season. Only one of them means anything. It's the Avalanche against the Predators with a win. Colorado would win the Central Division, and as the one seed in the Central, will play the top wild card, and that is the Seattle Kraken. As last night, Vegas, with a win over the Kraken, won the Pacific Division title, and they will take on the second wild card in the Winnipeg Jets in the first round. Edmonton will play against L.A. in the first round. And we still don't know who Minnesota will play, either Dallas or Colorado. In the Eastern Conference, it's all set. We know what is up. The Islanders, as the first wild card, they will play against the Carolina Hurricanes. And then the Florida Panthers, as the second wild card, will take on the Boston Bruins. Toronto and Tampa will play each other. New Jersey and the Rangers will play each other. So it is true division madness. The Atlantic Division teams are playing each other. The Metropolitan Division teams are playing each other. That's how it's working out here in the Eastern Conference. But the biggest results that occurred last night have to do with the tanking teams in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Going into last night's games, the Columbus Blue Jackets had the fewest points in the NHL at 57. All they had to do was lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins and they would lock up the 25.5% chance to win the NHL draft lottery. They scored a goal with about five minutes left in regulation to tie the game. They were down two to one. And I swear, I didn't hear cheers from the crowd. (laughs) Savvy crowd. I was watching the game and it was... It was like under five minutes remaining. It was like four. It was like four minutes remaining. Whatever. They actually maybe less than that. Uh, it was under four minutes. Anyway, they tie the game, and I swear I didn't hear cheers. And I'm like, the crowd knows. They knows. They know that they just screwed up. They screwed up royally. But they could still <laughs> lose the game in overtime, right? Nope. Penguins had the possession for the first minute of overtime. Johnny Gaudreau on a breakaway, you know he's going to score. Yeah. He don't care about tanking. If there's one player on that team that doesn't care about tanking, it's Johnny Hockey. He scores the winner, and with the win, the Columbus Blue Jackets will miss out on a once-in-a-generation talent. I'm trying to think of how to explain this to people that don't follow hockey. Because if I just say Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, the people that don't follow hockey still don't understand. I've heard of Crosby. Is he, is this like uh, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence? Yes. Okay. Although quarterback, it's it's hard to compare because a quarterback is so important. One hockey player is, yeah, he's going to have an impact, but a quarterback is everything. The way I would think about it is this. Maybe I can't call him LeBron James because 
LeBron's the greatest, one of the greatest of all time. Anthony but, Davis. Mm-hmm. Like, Anthony Davis out of, out of college was considered I'm, like a can't miss. This is what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the hype coming into the league. And LeBron coming into the league had that hype, right? Well, I've never heard of a hockey prospect before this year, and I've heard a lot about this guy. So I feel like he might be at that level. But how transcended? I mean, yeah, but you, you were you were young when um, when Crosby came into the league, right? Yeah, I heard so. of him in his first year, exactly. Because but for me, I, I wasn't like this for me, buzz Sydney, going on. Sidney Crosby is the closest comparison to LeBron James because when Cro- they both came in around the same time, right? LeBron came into the NBA. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yep. The, the article said the, the headline said the chosen one, right? Sidney Crosby came into the NHL, or when he was coming up through the junior ranks and coming into the NHL, they called him the next one, meaning the next Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky. the next great one. So and he so whereas LeBron had these expectations to be Michael Jordan, Sidney Crosby had these expectations to be Wayne Gretzky. And guess what? Both of those players lived up to those expectations to the best of their abilities. LeBron may be a little bit more than Crosby, but Crosby's won multiple championships. championships, He's doing okay. Multiple awards, multiple international championships and awards. You know, we're talking about Sidney Crosby is a top 10, maybe even top five all-time NHL player. Like, that's not hyperbole. That's the facts. And hype to hype. This new guy, Crosby, what's the difference? I'd say he's the most – Connor McDavid was the most hyped guy since Sidney Crosby. And Connor Bedard is like and, – and oh, by the way, what has McDavid done since coming to the NHL? Just win a couple Just MVPs. a couple of MVPs, scored 64 goals this yeah. season, and is clearly – Good sports take, player. He's clearly taken over the reins as the mark, the marquee player. In the win league, a championship. Right? Well, that's next on the list. Right. But clearly has taken over the mantle as the marquee player. Yeah. Connor Bedard coming into this league now is that type of player. That's the hype surrounding this guy. Like a couple of years ago, Rangers and Devils, they had like the top number one overall picks. And like the guys that came into the league, they're great. They're they're contributing. Nico Heischer for the Devils is fantastic. Alexi Lafreniere for the Rangers is playing great. None of those players, generational talents. Like we're talking about drafting the next. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is great. And his little <laughs> brother, his little brother scored his first NHL goal uh-huh. uh yesterday. Luke Hughes. Howard. No. <laughs> Luke Hughes. They have another one. They, they, they're three brothers in the NHL. Phil. Jack Hughes, Quinn Hughes, and Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes, by the way, is a great story. Like two weeks ago was playing college hockey. Do people realize that? Like in the NHL, like you draft a player, you, he he plays in college, you get you own his rights. Well, you told and then us that. When they finish That's playing college. Know. They go to the NHL and they play. So, like, Luke Hughes was eliminated from the Frozen Four last week. Now he's playing in the NHL. And he scored his first goal. So, Kemba Walker hits the shot, wins the championship, then goes plays for the Knicks in a few months. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, The Blue Jackets win that game. It's the stupidest move I've ever seen. Now they do not have the worst record in the NHL. That belongs to the Anaheim Ducks, who who tanked (laughs) the right way. The Ducks they lost games. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the Ducks lost 13 straight games to finish the NHL season. That's how you do it. That is how you tank. <laughs> I applaud you, Anaheim Ducks, because now when they draft Connor Bedard, the Ducks will have four of the most talented young players in the NHL in Trevor Zegras. Troy Terry, Mason McTavish, and now Connor Bedard. If you told, if you asked me to buy stock in one NHL team right now for the next five years, it would be the Anaheim Ducks. But I, I would wait to buy that stock because while they have the best chance right now, still they yes. still only have a one in four chance Correct. of getting this guy. And there could be a whole, it could be a frozen envelope situation, right? Where does the NHL want him to go? Chicago. Big market. Original six franchise certainly would certainly would be appealing, right? Washington, they get Ovechkin coming out, this guy coming in. Uh, the, Washington, I don't know if it would fit. You can only move up 10 spots. So where's Washington right now in According the standings? According to Tankathon, they got a 6% chance the Washington can. But what, where, what's, what number are they right now? So many teams make eight. the playoffs. Is okay, so they're eight. They can get him. So, like, let's say if you are, let's say you're team number, like, 12. Ottawa, and 0% you, chance. And you win the lottery, 
Like your your name comes up as the ping pong ball. You move from twelve to two to like yeah, it's like in the top in the top five. Like you can't move, you can't get the number one overall pick. That's terrible. Yeah, it's only the top eleven teams can get the number one overall pick. Right? Is that, what, is that yeah. the, the percentage? So Anaheim twenty six percent, Chicago thirteen percent, Columbus eleven mm-hmm. percent. Think about that. Columbus with that win went from twenty six percent to eleven percent. Dumb. That's the. I would fire my coach. <laughs> That's the thing, though. The team doesn't have one voice. Those players, you know, they're they're trying to go home happy that night. A win makes you happy. But why does you know what? If I'm the if I'm the general manager and I want my team to lose, I tell the coach, hey, when we, you know Johnny Gaudreau, and then the FBI hey, gets involved. Guess what? <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau does not play in the third period. Okay, all right. There's ways to do it. There's ways to do it. And then that's what you say. Hey, listen, it's been a long season. The guy's banged up. He's just he's not going to play. Trying to protect the, the ass. He's not going to play in the third period. Shut up, Siri. <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd fire this head coach, put Johnny Gaudreau out there in overtime, score a breakaway goal, and win the game. How dare you? Now they don't get Connor Bedard. And if they somehow win the lottery, I will shun them. Maybe <laughs> maybe uh, Johnny Hockey doesn't, he doesn't want competition in town. He wants to be the star. Please. Please. He's like, I don't want this kid taking all my shine. I'm the star here. Please. I, I signed a free agent deal to come here. I'm the star. This is my house. Mac, read me the uh, the top ten teams that have a chance to get the number one overall pick. Anaheim Ducks, twenty five and a half. So that would be that would be very intriguing if they get them. Yes. Chicago, Columbus mm. next. Mm. San Jose with ew, a ten percent shot. Montreal. Now that would be fun. Canada's got to win one of these because games. Montreal would be they have they do have young talent and listen a, a Canadian born player playing for a Canadian franchise is I mean why do you think. Edmonton and McDavid are, are such a, a, a fit here, you know? Who's the best American ever? It seems like all the great ones. The, the best ever is Mike Madonna. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> like, I've heard of Gretzky, Crosby, the Russian guy, Ovechkin. I've heard a lot of players. Never heard of Mike Madonna. You've never heard of Mike Madonna. Was the cap? Was the captain of the Stars for forever. Mario Lemieux, where is he from? Canada. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Arizona has a shot at 7.5%. Philadelphia, 6%. Washington, 6%. Detroit, St. Louis, and Vancouver as a three percent chance. To mm, yeah, no, I think Montreal might be the might be very intriguing if he plays there. Montreal is Brett Hull American. Yes, there you go. I've heard of He's him. He's not better than Mike Madonna. I played him in two thousand seven. Mm, no, Madonna's better. Oh, I think Madonna has the most goals ever for an American player. Okay, like that's that's where I think. By the way, imagine uh, Chris Chelios. Great American. Not better than Madonna? No. Why? Because he plays defense? No. Chelios, no. It's just because Madonna was. Hmm. Chelios played. Chelios was also very physical in an era that doesn't exist anymore. Madonna. All just... he could do is play when he could play. Yeah. Madonna's great. Madonna's great. Patrick Waugh? No, he's not. That's American. Canadian. Dang it. No American. heard of these guys. No Americans named Waugh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you're kicked out of the country. Waugh? <laughs> what? Waugh? <laughs> Either you're Roy or you're good or move it. Change it up, pal. No, the best American goalie was probably John Van Beesbrook. That's a made-up Actually, person. there's been a lot of good American goalies. Mike Richter. Yeah, okay. in, in soccer, we got a lot of goalies because we got a lot of big guys. I feel like Americans are just good goalies. Yeah. Like, in, in just hockey and Not in my house. Like, we just can't score, <laughs> you know? But we're good. We're good. We're good at defense because we're physical. We're good at being fat. Yeah. Well, but the Canadians fight a lot, too. So, I, you uh, know, I'm still thrown for a loop that Mike Madonna is better than Brett Hull. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they're both Hall of Famers. Like uh, we're 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 splitting uh, hairs here. What about Patrick Kane? Patrick Kane is one of the greatest American players. Yes, even heard of him. Okay. Yes, of course he's Chicago. Yeah. Of course you've heard of him. Yeah. He is one of the American one of the greatest American players. Yes. When he retires, he'll be a Hall of Famer and he will be one of the greatest. Go down as one of the greatest American players mm. because you also have to factor in when it, not just NHL but it's what these guys do on the international level, and some of these guys have actually accomplished a great deal, even though like. Uh, haven't won a gold medal in a long time. Some of them have won some World Junior Championships. Uh, you know, not necessarily World Cup of Hockey, but you know, some some pretty pretty good international stuff for some of these guys as well. Oh, Sergei Fedorov. Yeah, that's Russian. <laughs> He's oh. American. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> Sergei. Maybe <laughs> fooled me. Maybe now. <laughs> Pavel Bore. Oh, he was my favorite. He was my favorite on NHL 94. He was? Oh, man. His brother Valerie Bore, you know who he's married to? The girl from Full House? From Full House, Candace yeah. Cameron. You think Panga? Who's, who's, you think, uh, who's Kurt Cameron's sister? Here's what we do know. All this debate, all this conversation, we, have, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that you can get 20% off at pregame.com. 
All you have to do is type in the promo code SIZZLE20. SIZZLE20. Going to get you 20% Don't type off. in the sound. Type in the word. <laughs> is, that, is that onomatopoeia? Where you, it's the spelling of a word. That is like the term. Sound, yeah, yep. right? Like pow. Exactly. Is onomatopoeia. Like all the like from the old Batman series? Yes. Bang! Yes. Zap! That's it's the word is the sound. Oh yeah. That's what onomatopoeia is. Sizzle 20 <laughs> is gonna get you 20% off at pregame.com. Can you tell it's the end of the week? Yeah, we're ready for Zam. the weekend. We are ready for the weekend. And so are you. Ready for winners at pregame.com. Bang. Uh we got NHL. Playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs are here. They start on Monday. Major League Baseball, you can get a package through the All-Star break or full season. You can get an NBA playoffs package. So much offered at pregame.com. Go ahead and take 20% off using the promo code SIZZLE20. And for the listeners that did take the 20% off, did you see that tweet? That's the guy took the 20% off AJ's dollar play. Smart man. I'd like to apologize yeah. to that man. I lost well, that. I lost that man. He saved twenty cents. Saved I lost 20 that cents. man eighty cents. <laughs> he lost him eighty cents. But I that apologize. Was, that was a great tweet. So shout out to you. You know what? Let's let, let me pull up his tweet because I want to give him a proper shout out because that was that was pretty funny. He had tweeted out that he took the. Tw- we joked around saying, "Don't take, don't use the twenty percent off on the dollar play." Brian Armstrong and Brian Armstrong did use the dollar, the twenty percent off on the dollar play. So shout out Brian, uh, Brian McKenzie, because he'll get you that dollar back. You know what, Brian? <laughs> I want, I'm going to announce it for the first time in the history of this show. Brian Armstrong, you are the listener of the week. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. yeah. All right. The so here, it was born. Now here's what you need to do in order to continue to be listeners of the week. Uh, share the show. Tell people Tell a friend. to subscribe and follow, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow Straight Out of Vegas AM and also follow RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, if you think you're already following, check again. And maybe you're not. So search for the podcast, Straight Out of Vegas AM. Click and follow. Search for RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Click follow. And make sure you never miss an episode because every episode you get a promo code. Sizzle 20. Get you 20% off at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Have a great, profitable weekend straight out of Vegas AM.